anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring. And we will do it together. Hello and welcome to Cruising Together, the show that is real, fun, and inspiring. Where we And we will do it together. We will do it together. That voice you hear is my co-host, Chris G. Russo. And who are you? I thought you were going to introduce, I thought we were going to do like a back and forth, but then you'd say, and the voice you've been hearing. The voice you've been hearing is my co-host, Greg Shegel. There we go. Now we're kicking, now we're kicking and Greg. cooking. Yeah. Hey, Greg. Yeah. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hey, you're not. You. You're under the weather today, aren't you? I'm under it. I'm underneath it. It's got you. It's got you. It's weighing you down. It weighs heavy, my friend. You got the sniffles, is what I hear. That's true. All of this is true. You're sick. I'm, con- I'm confirming it here and now. You, your sickness has us recording where we are separated from each other because I don't want to get sick from your sickness. Yeah, because you're a germaphobe. I would argue that that is not germaphobic as much as sensible. That's what all germaphobes say, don't they? Hey, listen, I'll take a bath in and germs. Say, if they're good ones, maybe, the good germs. Maybe I will. Probiotics. I'll take a probiotic bath. That sounds pretty good. That sounds like what Luke Skywalker was in after uh, he was frozen <laughs> in Hoth. That's right. He took. Speaking of colds, Hoth, very cold. Yeah. Yeah, so we're recording you know, slightly remotely, but we have a before, guest. Before oh, you yeah. draw that, before you draw that probiotic bath, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe I should be the one submerging myself in the tank of probiotics. That's what I'm saying. You are the one who is hoth cold. I agree. But while you and I are in separate places, our guest is sitting to my side. In studio. In studio. I am out studio. In fact, my guest doesn't actually have to sit to my side. He can sit That's true. to face me. So slide your chair more comfortably for yourself in another direction. I'm good like this. That's good? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to like be weirdly pointed towards each other. We're That's just true. Just slide that way. All right. This is hot stuff for podcasting. So I'm that sliding. Voice, I'm, I'm sliding. Gonna, yeah, good. I'm going to set this up, Chris, if you'll allow me. Please do. Okay. On episode TAPS. Which is technically episode, episode taps. yeah. Which is episode two. Since I think the I pilot, know where you're going with this. Since the pilot is episode zero on episode taps, we spoke to our guest, our guest, who was my cousin, cousin Mike. Cousin Mike. Yes, he was fantastic, fan favorite already. His oh, he t- knocked it out of the park. Knocked it out of the park. Funny fellow. You you wonder funniest. You wonder. Does it run in the blood? Is it genetics? Can it, or does it skip a generation? Right? Is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it both? Is it both? We're going to find out today because our guest, and there's more to this guest than even his relation to Cousin Mike, is Cousin Uh Mike's... Yeah, yeah. Our guest is Cousin Mike's cousin. No. What? He's my cousin. (laughs) Cousin Mike's brother. Cousin Joey. Joey, welcome. Thank you for having me. Happy St. Valentine's Day weekend. 
to <laughs> both of you. <laughs> well, by the time people hear this, it will be the middle of summer. Yeah, but I can still yeah. wish you a happy St. Valentine's Day weekend because it is currently that right yeah, now. And reminding oh. all the listeners out there what losers they are because they don't have dates. That's right. right. It's good In to June. see. It's good to see you. It was good <laughs> to see Chris momentarily. It was. Now, I do want to point out that Cousin Joey's got a beard that puts intern Jeff's beard to shame. Yeah, that kid had. N- I was going to never say the same chance. thing. Were you, Chris? You were. You were so defensive. I was going to bring up the beard specifically in relation <laughs> to Jeff's beard. <laughs> yeah, because Jeff's beard sucked. Because that's a thick beard on cousin Mike's brother, cousin Joey. Yeah, it's serious <laughs> business. Yeah, and I trimmed it a bit, like a week ago. However, however, cousin Mike's brother, cousin Joey, is a young man. Yeah. Is he too young for that beard? No. <laughs> Young in 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 relation to my beard. Well, yeah, basically, I think again the the problem with Jeff was he was he he didn't have the capacity for a beard that Joey has, so his beard looked cheap. It was like a swabby's beard. The real swabby. Joey's wearing a beard like the captain of the ship. That yes, that's all. However. Has he earned a beard of such stature? Yes. He has the beard he has the beard of like a grizzly sixty five year old. Based <laughs> on the based on the life Joey's led, I'm I, gonna say yes. And here's why. Here's what's interesting about Joey in relation to the movie we're talking about. Joey lived for a time in Memphis, Tennessee. Yes. Roughly well, now, this a whole year. entire podcast has taken quite a turn. Yeah, see, you didn't know this about Joey, that he, he lived in the town this movie takes place, in which this movie takes place. I, I, some, I almost lived this movie. <laughs> Parts of it. Oh, oh. <laughs> Did you hear that? that I, I, I can't wait to, to dive deeper into this All right, and so, learn more. So let's get into it. The movie we're talking about is The Firm. And I want to get us right into the round-robin plot recap. So... We're gonna we're gonna play our little jingle and then explain to Joey what the round robin plot recap is. Okay. All right. This is the round robin plot recap session. Chris, can you explain to Joey how this works? Well, Joey, we take turns uh, retelling, recapping the story one sentence at a time. Starting with one of us for one sentence, moving along to another one of us for the second sentence, so on and so forth, in a circle, until the movie recap is completed. Now, now, Chris, I believe we started with you last time, right? I don't know. All right, well, I'll start us off this time, then we'll go to you, then we'll go to Joey. You start every time! (laughs) Chris, do you want to start this time? No, no, I'll be the bigger man. I'll... You're the bigger man every time. That's this is how it works out. <laughs> it's perfect. Should I start? Do you want to start? No, you guys start. I don't. Need, I haven't done it yet, so I, I need. Yeah, you got to hey. see how it works. Yeah, you see how it works. It, it would be it would be nice to our guest to allow him to go first, right? I'll say this, Joe. You can go first, but remember, when you're done, you have to say the word period, so we know the next person should start. <laughs> Yeah, at, the end of the, at the end of each sentence, you yeah, have to say period. You have to say period when a sentence is over. Okay. Well, sometimes the sentences wind up being more than one sentence, I think is why we started the, the period rule. Well, no, they are run-on sentences. There are commas, but they are still okay. sentences. Well, they'd be marked up by your literature teacher. Oh, for sure. But I'm saying 
you don't have to mention every piece of what's the word I'm looking for? Punctuation. Punctuation. Yeah, that's it. Asian. The Asian. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Asian. You don't have to mention every Asian. Right. Just the punctuation at the end of the sentence. Right. Yeah. And just make sure that you adequately describe the situation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, Joey, do you want to start? We'll let you start. If you want me to start, I'll start. It's it's your call. Your Chris, if Joey starts, what order do we go in next? Does it go to you or does it go to me? <laughs> I think we go we go in age order. So you would go next. Okay, I see. Because I'm I'm younger than you. I'm the oldest. You are the oldest. Age before beauty in reverse fashion. I am not even capable of growing a beard like Jeff's. <laughs> <laughs> and he would be the youngest. Should we call yeah. Jeff and have him start? Hell no. <laughs> You know how I, I feel it. about Jeff. Yeah, I know. I know. I've heard. All right, let's do it. Joey, you ready to start us off? Sure. Okay, here we go. Go, Joey. Mitch McDeer graduates from Harvard Law School. He's a freshly graduated lawyer, and he's being recruited by many firms. Uh, period. The firm that hires him is in Memphis, Tennessee, and there is something shady up in that joint. His wife is very suspicious, period. Tom Cruise says, hey, calm down, baby. It's all good. They're just paying me a giant load of money because I'm awesome, period. They move to Memphis, and then almost immediately, as soon as he starts working for the firm, things start getting crazy, period. Gene Hackman takes Tom Cruise under his wing and he's like, listen, pal, let's get drunk at lunch and let's do some illegal stuff. But don't look in my closet in Bermuda because there's stuff in there that's going to get us all in trouble, period. Tom looks in the closet, period. (laughs) (laughs) Tom takes a walk on the beach and runs into a female, period. (laughs) sex on the beach happens period Tom Cruise goes home and the FBI starts telling him hey your law firm these guys are not very good guys period (laughs) Mitch McDeer starts to snoop more and more around his firm trying to find out what exactly is going on up in that joint period Wilfred Brimley works for the firm he's a private investigator and he's spying on everybody that works for the firm the house is bugged their lives are bugged people at the firm are dying period Tom Cruise is between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> he feels like if he helps the FBI, he betrays all of his attorney-client privileges and ruins, destroys his young hotshot lawyer career before it could even begin. But if he stays with the firm, then he's likely to go down when the FBI finally does take them down for whatever mafia business they're involved in that results in many deaths of former 
lawyer people <laughs> that work there. Period. Mitch McDeer visits his brother Ray McDeer in prison to ask his advice on what he should do about the situation. His brother then sends him to Gary Busey. <laughs> period. Mitch McDeer is played by Tom Cruise. Period. <laughs> Tom Cruise as Mitch McDeer goes to visit Gary Busey as Eddie Lomax, the private investigator, who then looks into matters and is immediately killed for doing so. Period. Holly Hunter plays <laughs> Gary Busey's wife, lover, something of the sort, also cohort, reaches out to Tom Cruise playing Mitch McDeer <laughs> and has a plan to help him take down the firm, period. The plan involves getting the firm in trouble for mail fraud. They've been overbilling their clients. And Mitch McDeer, played by Tom Cruise, figures out that if I get the firm in trouble for this, I keep client-lawyer privilege, I think that's the phrase, and I'm safe from the mob, and I get my brother out of prison, and period. Mitch McDeer, played by Tom Cruise successfully pulls off that plan and he goes home safe to Boston with his wife, period. And there you go. That's and that's the movie. Alright. That is the firm in as concise a method as we can we can deliver it. Uh I love it. Well done everybody. So Joey. Yes. You've lived in Memphis? I have. How accurate hey, is this movie? Hey Greg. Yeah. Do we need outro music to that? Oh, you're right. Son of man, Chris. I didn't hear it. If I didn't have you as my co-host, there'd be none of this. Be chaos. Okay. Hey, Joey. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> hey, Joey. Yep. You lived in Memphis. Yes. How accurate is this movie? I would say as far as... Accuracy goes. Well, yes, accuracy. Yeah. I would say as far <laughs> as... Like, in terms of its accuracy, how accurate would you say it is? <laughs> Post-graduate lawyers moving from Boston to Memphis. I'm talking about the movie's very overall accurate. accuracy. <laughs> it's, it's accurate. Okay. I mean, it's, it's about as accurate as a, as, as a movie could get. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> could somebody run around Memphis the way Tom Cruise does in his suit shoes? Something that was not in the recap, and maybe we should ignore it because we didn't cover it, is that for like the last, for a good fifteen minutes of this movie, Tom is just running through Memphis. Yeah, I'd say you probably the the problem with it, I would I think, is that he's running on Mud Island, yeah. on a, and also that tra trolley tram thing that he's running on top of or running around Mud. I don't I think, think he runs through it or runs through it. Sure, I, I don't know that that exists anymore or did exist when I lived there because I don't Are you remember saying it's not accurate you just said it was accurate well <laughs> that's true 
<laughs> wow, I I seriously contradicted myself <laughs> yeah, on that one, didn't I? You're a real hypocrite. No, no, it may exist. Accuracy. It, it may exist. I just don't remember that. How did you used to get to Mud Island? Drive. Oh, well, excuse me for living. Yeah. But there's, there is a lot of running around in different parts of Memphis, so I don't know that you could run from Mud Island to, like, the downtown areas that he's running around in. Seems. Hey, Cousin Joey. Yes. Is Mud Island completely made out of mud? Good Hence question. The name? No, I'm not exactly sure why it's called Mud Island, It because it's actually, like, the nicest part of memphis do you think i'll tell you why i ask yeah okay go ahead i was concerned about tom cruise's uh footwear for running around it right no you would be all right wearing those shoes running around mud island i have a theory about why mud island is called mud island if it is the nicest part of memphis i learned this in junior high school greenland they called it greenland because it was not green at all they called iceland iceland even though it's super green to make people go to Greenland and leave them alone in Iceland. So maybe the Memphisites, is that what you call somebody from Memphis? Sure. The Memphisites were like, hey, this part's real nice. Let's call it Mud Island. Nobody's going to come here, but let's build an elaborate tram system so that people can visit. It's possible. I'm not I'm not 100% oh. sure, but I... But we'll call that tram system Disaster Tram System. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, and then we're going to put a bridge above the tram that right. you can run across if you want to. And we'll call that bridge uh, collapse, Collapsing Bridge. Yeah, Collapsing Bridge to Mud Island right. Bridge. <laughs> and if you're a villain in a movie, you can run faster than that tram and, and beat it to the other side. Now, this villain is one of two villains. You got the albino villain. who Yeah, very similar looking to uh the villain from die hard to me a little bit one, one of the villains yeah. from die hard and you've got hank from breaking bad right <laughs> is the villain with the limp or one of the I mean learner the f- or dean harris dean norris dean something dean yeah. norris who wins in a fight dean norris or dean stockwell let's get into it yeah, uh dean stockwell remind me as i'm i'm drawing a blank chris do you know who dean stockwell is I'm drawing the same blank. Man, you guys. Dean Stockwell played, played Al in the classic TV series Quantum Leap. Blank. Dean Norris wins. <laughs> <laughs> is that strictly because you don't know who Dean Stockwell is and you've never seen Quantum Leap? You just said he, you just said that he was uh, uh, Al in Quantum Leap. Yeah, so you know who that is. Yeah. I, I think Dean Norris has, like, toughness and size advantage. In, in an exponential way. In yeah, but spades. Dean, St- Dean Stockwell has Ziggy. You just said in a fight. Yeah, Ziggy helps in a fight. That thing doesn't even work on Quantum Leap. <laughs> He's always- I've, I've never seen Quantum Leap, so I'll, I'll go with Dean Norris. How about this. we take a break, Joey, watch the entirety of Quantum Leap, and then yeah, we'll start yeah. back up. Right. Yeah, sure. All right, hang on. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Joey, what would you think All of right. Quantum Leap? I still think Dean Norris wins. Huh. But what do you think of Quantum Leap? It's okay. Just okay. It's just all right. Oh, man. Who boy. Exactly. <laughs> well said, Chris. The classic line from Quantum Leap. <laughs> I remember they say that so much in Quantum Leap. They do. At the be- at the end of every episode. All the time. Once he finishes a leap and he realizes who he is, 
the body he's leapt into. Well, you know this. Then You've they, seen the right, whole series. I saw the, you don't have to explain it to me. Yeah, I don't have I've to seen explain it. it. And then they restate it at the beginning. Right. Well, they got to reset up the. Wh- wh- why are we? Ex- we've all seen Quantum Leap. Yeah. Everybody. I knows think you this. forgot that I just watched no, the I, entire series. I apologize. You know, it takes so long. Right. Like we took a break. It's now like the following Valentine's weekend. Right. You've been 2016. watching. 2016. Yeah, 2016. Now we're going back in time to release this episode. Right. This is yet another episode where time travel is wreaking havoc. Who knew? Talking time time travel. Yeah. Who knew that this time that this cruise show would be so time travel dependent? I'll tell you who knew. Future us. Intern Jeff. Oh God, that so and so. That no good lousy so and so. He's a such and such if I've ever seen one. He's a total such and such. He's a something. Name one thing he's ever done wrong to you. Who is that question directed at? Please. <laughs> Either one of you, but specifically <laughs> Greg. He offended me with his beard. Period. <laughs> Can we move off of this topic of Jeff? Now I'm concerned for my life that he's listening. <laughs> well, of course he's listening. And he's going to find actually, us. I ran into him last week. Oh, God. How'd that go? It was a little awkward. But you have no you have no ill, ill-begotten gains of Jeff. No, I don't. But I still feel a little bit guilty that he's no longer helping with the show. He was an unpaid and, intern no. for a what? week. Whatever, dude. He's a good yeah. guy. He's, I'm sure he's a lovely man. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm sure you're sure. Listen. I don't need your... Jeff doesn't need your patronizing tone at this stage. Can we talk about somebody else? Can we talk about Gene like Hackman? Like Tom Cruise? Can we talk about Gene Hackman, who's in this movie? Jeez. Gene Hackman, he said, don't even don't even credit me in this movie. Don't even put me in the credits. Oh, he's, he's so the... angry. Hold on. He's in the credits. <laughs> I believe he is. Tom Cruise's contract called for only Tom Cruise's name to be above the title on the poster. Oh, on the poster, sure. But in the movie, when the movie starts and they're playing that rhythmic, bluesy jazz music, yeah, all the names are coming up on the screen. You're sitting there going, holy smokes, this is star-studded. Sure is. You got your Gene Hackman. You sure do. Holly Hunter. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Anytime Gary you jump in here, yeah. oh, Joey. I got you. <laughs> Wilford Brimley. The Brim. Which is really, at the end, other than Tom Cruise, he's the only one you really, I mean. Are you he, saying he's arguably the star of the movie? In my <laughs> eyes. Janine Triplehorn, or is it Jean, Jean Triplehorn? Triplehorn? Jean Triplehorn. Well, I, I have, I'll talk about her later. We'll talk about her later. <laughs> uh, Strathairn. Uh, What's his name? David? Jason Strathairn, the, who plays Tom Cruise's brother? Oh, yeah, I don't know his name. I was... That's the one I was trying to figure that out. That guy's earlier. from Good Night and Good Luck. Right. He played uh, whatever that dude's name was in that movie. Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris. Ed Harris's partner. Who's Paul's, that guy? Yeah, he's in a he's in a lot of movies too. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure. Oh, the aforementioned Dean, Dean Norris. Dean Norris. Yeah. Paul Sorvino. Paul Sorvino. Jerry Weintraub. Who's Jerry Weintraub? He's a he's like a producer who just happened to be in the movie. Who'd he play? He was in in when they went was it you said Bermuda earlier. It was it Aruba? It was one of those. Okay. Jamaica, who I want to take. The you? first the first trip when they go down to Aruba and they meet with that guy. The guy who owns the scuba situation? No, the guy who's down there because of tax oh, fraud. That's right, the mob dude. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's Jerry. That was Jerry Weintraub. Did, did you know that, Chris? That's Jerry Weintraub. Of course, I knew that. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I didn't need to question your knowledge of Weintraub, the great and powerful Jerry Weintraub. How many times have we been over this? <laughs> At least thirteen. All right. All right. I'm going to make a note of it. Weintraub. Hey, here's a question. Speaking of Paul Sorvino, his, lay it on me. His cohort, the guy who's in the in the room with him. That guy's amazing. Who is that? I recognize him from something. He's in a lot What's of mob, he's in mob movies, right? Isn't he? He might be not, but he's some something specific though, right? He was in the uh he was in the analyze this, analyze that. Okay. He was something better than that. <laughs> but he was in those movies. I remember seeing him in those. All right, Chris, you got anything for me on his uh I had the same reaction as you. Like I know I I know this guy from a million things, and I can't think of one. <laughs> All right, we'll table it. We just know that that guy's super familiar. But okay, can yeah. we can we get back talking about Hackman? Yeah. Can we agree that Gene Hackman is awesome? He was Agreed. A, he was he was great. No, just like movie. not even in this movie, just in general, Gene yeah. Hackman's awesome. Yeah. How about the fact that he hasn't made a movie since The Royal Tenenbaums? He's retired. He's not acting anymore. Is that true? Really? Yeah. He writes Are you books. sure? He writes books now. How old is he these days? He's got to be in his 70s. Yeah. Tenenbaums came after that movie he did with Will Smith. I believe so, yeah. Enemy of the State? Yes, for sure. Had to, I think, yeah. For sure. Was he in Fantastic Mr. Fox? I don't believe so. I'm telling you, he has not acted since Tenenbaums. The guy went out huge. He's yeah. like, I'm going to make this awesome movie. I'm going to be the best, and I'm done. I don't know. I run into people sometimes, and I say, I liked Royal Tenenbaums. Just apropos of nothing, I'll just come out with that. That's that's my opener. <laughs> <laughs> and they, How's the and reaction? They say, and they say, I, I disagree. That was not a good movie. Yeah, but then do you follow up with, how about Hackman? You know it's what? Not, it's that's not my favorite. For, that's a note for the next time. I'll say that. Wait, that's not your favorite it's Gene not, Hackman? No, it's just not one of my favorite movies, but... What about Hackman? But Hackman. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I mean... Hackman as Royal Tenenbaum is amazing. Right. Hackman as Lex Luthor is amazing. Hackman's just gold whatever he does. I've never even seen Hoosiers, but I'm sure he's awesome in it. He was. See? Now, Joey would know. He lived in Memphis. Right. <laughs> Hoosiers. I thought he was outstanding in Enemy of the State with Will Smith. I've never seen that I don't that remember. One. I think I have seen that, but I don't remember it. It's got Will Smith in it. Right, and, and the hack. And the hack, who's no hack. No hack. The hack would be a terrible nickname for him, wouldn't it? Quick and the dead. I never saw that one either. Oh, boy. What would the, what would the Gene Hackman podcast be got called? Got the Hackman. What would the Gene Hackman chronology filmography podcast be called? Let's get into it. Hacking it, it out. out. <laughs> oh, oh my god. You guys god. are very close on, on what you were calling it. One said we out. Bo- no, you we, said out. You both, both said out? Said, no, we both said hacking it up. No, Chris said out. You said up. Oh, I said up. I thought he said up. No, Chris said out. Okay. You had different prepositions. Right. I got another I got another suggestion. Let's hear it. Hackers. How about this one? Hacking a movie. Like hacking a loogie. That was where I, my talk, mind was with hacking it up. It's hawking a loogie, so that just falls apart. 
Okay. Hacky sacking. Hackman sack of movies. <laughs> a Hackman sack of Hackman movies. Hackman sack. That's it. Just Hackman sack. Hackman sack. Hmm. Hacky sad sacks. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> it's time to take a firm break. A break from the firm and firm up some news. We don't we don't have a lot of time though cuz you can only stay away from the firm for so long before they realize something's up. Well, they're probably listening to everything we're saying. We can only hope, right? Podcast hashtag listen up downloads hashtag downloads hashtag Wilfred Brimley crushing it, <laughs> killing it, killing it every turn. Hey, the website for the show, if you don't already know, is hatterentertainment.com slash cruising. That's where you can get every past show. You can donate to support the show. Uh, you can email through the website. Or if you don't want to email through the website, where can they email, Chris? Uh, where can they email? Yeah, what's the email address for the show? Pop quiz, hot shot, wrong movie. It is cruising at hatterentertainment.com. You are 100% correct. We're also on Twitter at cruising show. That's the handle. If you have any, any, any feedback at all, hit us up. Yeah, hit us up. We'll read emails. If we will read an email. If you, are, if you are struck by how entertaining... This podcast is, and you need to share it with the world. Tweet, tweet it at mention at mention cruising show stuff said. Show. That's the wrong show. Whoops, Cru- stuff said is my other show. We can talk about that later. Uh, the show is on iTunes also, and we want people to leave reviews and comments there. Five rate it five stars. We Never, like to thank. Do we ever get any comments? We do. We'd like to thank people. So we thanked, we've thanked people in the past. I'm going to thank two new comment, two new reviewers. Somebody going by the name Batbot. Batbot. And somebody going by the name Jared Osborne. I think I know who that is. It's a former guest. Former guest. He has very nice things to say about the cocktail episode. Really? Yeah. Would you believe it? What a coincidence. <laughs> it's hard to believe that he would think that was the best episode. Now... My memory is a little hazy here, but which episode was Jared Osborne a guest Cocktail. On? Oh. Yeah. Another coincidence. A bias, perhaps. Or rather the same coincidence. Same, very same coincidence. I also want to address something. We have not gotten a specific ma- email about this or a comment about this, but I've heard people in person ask, hey, are you guys going to review Going Clear, which is the documentary about Scientology that aired on HBO, which is not TV, it's HBO. Now, I've watched this documentary. Chris, have you watched it? I have not. Well, so there's one reason we're not going to cover it. But I think another thing we should... I mean, should we talk about this movie or should we say, hey, look, he's not performing in this movie. He's, it's a documentary. He yeah. didn't choose to be in this movie. There's, there, I feel like it's just like this big effort to smear our hero. <laughs> it's, I don't want to take part in that. I don't want to feed into that. So there's one wanna, reason. I want to feed that beast. There's one reason. I my uh, my other reason is it's not it's a movie he didn't choose to be a part of. This is about him as a as an actor and the roles he chooses to be a part of. So as uh, of this moment, as we're saying this, I feel like we're massively disappointing uh Sean who wrote who wrote in asking specifically if we talk about all the other 
Tom Cruise. Uh, there's, thing. Look, there's a lot of people that want to hear a lot of things. Some people want to hear us talk about these movies. <laughs> Sometimes they're disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the time being, it doesn't look likely that Going Clear will make it in the roster. We we are not ones to ever unless, say never. Unless we approach it in a similar fashion to these other movies where we don't really talk about the movie. Well, we'll find out. Right now, it's not on the list. There's 39 movies on the list. Going Clear is not on that list for the time being. But we are aware of it. If anybody thinks we're not aware of it, we're, we're aware yeah, of it. We, we've heard of Scientology. We've heard of Going Clear. We have a firm grasp. Oh. Right? Yes. Uh, speaking of firm things... Let's firm up some plugs and get back to the show. Let's do this. Uh, I'm going to go first. My website is HatterEntertainment.com. You might be at that website right now. Check out all my stuff. Yeah. Also, if you go to PixComic.com... <laughs> yeah, their voice did something real weird there, my man. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, if you go to PixComic.com, P-I-X-C-O-M-I-C.com, and through the store, buy a copy of my book in paperback, digital, or the combination, 15% off... With the coupon code CRUISIN. Chris, what do you got? ChrisGComics.com is where everything that I do lives. You can order G-Man books there. And you can read a weekly G-Man webcomic written and drawn by G-Man. And that's every Tuesday. Daily, I draw sketch cards. Yeah, those are so good. Even if you don't want to buy one, you can go check out. See, oh, what did he draw this time? Yeah, we tweet those things. Huh? Retweet them. Tweet them. Tweet them and retweet them. Yeah. And book them. Is that what you say when you post on Facebook? I think booking is when you've arrested somebody. Oh. Um, book them, Dano. Hawaii Five O. Ba 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 ba. What? I could use that publicity. There's no such thing as bad publicity. That's what they say. Book them. Book all of my sketch cards. Arrest them all. I think booking is also like if you run real fast, you're yeah booked. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. Like Tom Cruise in the movie. The Firm. Exactly. Who, and w- before we get right back to it, I just want to let you know that our, our my cousin Joey, your pal Joey, who was our guest on this show, had nothing to plug. We're just going to plug. That guy's got an impressive beard on him. He's got him. a great beard. He's a, again, I'm biased. I'm related to him. But he's a great dude. I call him Brosif because he is cousin Mike's brother, Joey. Joseph Brosif. Get it? It rhymes. It rhymes. We got to run back to the firm. We're back, ready for round two. I will maintain the confidence and preserve inviolate the secrets of my client. I will maintain the confidence and preserve inviolate the secrets of my client. Mitch. The letter you got from Bendini, Lambert, and Locke was the only one sent out. That we guy's in it, you. too. You have uh, an offer in mind? Orville Rudenbacher. It includes <laughs> a bonus What's schedule. Do, do, you, do you know his name? Least, I can't think of his name. Like in real life. Low-interest mortgage. As in home? With Grasimer? Yeah, two's not a straight story. These are nice people, Abby. Okay, I'm more impressed with it than you are. You grew up with it. Did you ever think I'd make Two cars. Absolutely. Since such we deal primarily in tax and securities, our clients are very wealthy. We keep each other's secrets. Oh, Brim. Brim. Who anyone with family money? 
I'm not sure I follow. They want you lean and hungry. If all your money and comes this guy, to one source, source, then you tend to be very loyal to that source. Marty Kaczynski and Joe Hodges were killed. There was some kind of explosion on the boat. That was not in the movies. Yeah, it was. was. Did you know about being loyal to the source? Oh, yeah, maybe not. You must be overwhelmed with grief. People grieve in different ways. Pac-Man's so good. <laughs> you think I'm talking about breaking the law? No, I'm just trying to figure out how far you want to invent. As far as you can without breaking it. There is. I'm Lex Luthor. A number one criminal mind of all of our century. That's a really good impression. Where are you guys? Thank you. The FBI wouldn't come after you if they didn't think they'd get to you. Now, what do you that think they think that? Pretty. I have no idea. Well, they might know how important your young wife is to you. More on diabetes. I'll tell you one thing. If those guys at the steak joint were feds, you better watch out for them. We might be misreading McDear. You've got nothing to be suspicious this trailer is thorough. I get paid to be suspicious <laughs> when I got nothing to be suspicious about. Why are you asking There's, questions about dead lawyers? What dead lawyers? I know you'll do your best to protect the firm. Modern. Won't you, Mitch? We have faith that you're going to be with us for a long, long time, Mitch. Fact is, nobody has ever left us. Look at him running. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> That's it. That's the firm. Oh. Is Wilford Brimley like the scariest guy you've ever seen in this movie? The scariest guy in Very this movie? Yes. Scariest... I'm saying scariest guy in any movie. No, that can't be. That can't be. That can't be true. That's impossible. I wouldn't say scary as much as intimidating. Well, I don't appreciate the insinuation that I'm exaggerating. There's got to be scarier guys than that. What about the old man in Poltergeist 2? Wilford Brimley's pretty scary in this movie. So scary, in fact, bit of trivia for you, that uh, Quaker Oats, uh, the Quaker, Quaker State with the oatmeal, he had the big contract with them. Yeah, Quaker State Oatmeal. <laughs> Quaker State Oatmeal. Yeah. Right. They, uh, that's what caused him to uh, uh, end his contract with them. He was no doing kidding. all those oatmeal commercials. He was supposed to be the friendly, warm grandpa type. And then he was this mean, horrible, terrible guy in this movie. And they said, enough. That's bad for our image. We're not going to be able to sell oatmeal anymore. Right. This movie? They saw a drop in profits by 150%. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That is... That's a serious drop in profits. Yeah. It's amazing that a company with such staying power could, yeah. could be affected so much by Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Like, let's say, let's say you made a million dollars. Just hypothetically, I'm yeah. sure they were making more than that. But well, that means the, the following year, yeah. the following year, they made negative <laughs> half a million. That would be 500000 right? If you want to get technical, be I'm a math always... genius about it. So you're saying that their profits fell as fast as Tom Cruise was running in that movie? Can we talk about Tom Cruise running? Because I think it's Wait, important. Yeah. We can talk about him running, but are you suggesting he wiped out? You said he fell. No, no, I'm saying those prices, the, 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 the price, the income for Quaker State Oatmeal dropped as quickly as Tom Cruise was running. You're saying the, the rate of the velocity. Yeah, the speed. Yeah. The, the speed, yes, equal speed. So Tom Cruise runs with full force twice in this movie. Yeah. Once to catch up to his wife, who's like, I'm out of here. She runs also. She also runs. Yeah, they run into the woods. Talk. I would have guessed. 
I, w- I would have guessed he ran at least five times. Okay, so let's count them off. Running to get her in the woods. There's one running after he jumps out of the window of the law firm. Well, that starts the big long run. I consider right. that all one run. Okay. The Mud Island, like fifteen minute run. Yeah, but he catches his breath at Mud Island. Yeah, but I still think. Oh, so you're you're breaking those up into separate runs? They are. Aren't I they? I think separate? you have to. All right. Then okay. Then it's not. Then it's more than two runs. Yeah, because he leaves the firm. He gets to Mud Island. He goes into that little museum thing. Right. And he's not running. Right. He's not running. Then he runs again. Then he runs again from. Uh, and then I think he runs a third time after that, right? Yeah, that yeah. where he has the final confrontation with the the evil Wilford Brimley. Right. Where he's, where he's Spider-Manning that situation. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. He's hardcore parkouring. <laughs> are we are we starting to get close? It sounds like we're starting to dance around a a, a, spe- a specific topic segment. Well, I feel like if we're going to dance, we should have some music. Top Toms, here we go. All right, we are now in Top Tom territory, mm-hmm. which is where we talk about our Top Tom Cruise moments in the movie on, on the table. This movie is The Firm. We were dancing around it. We heard the song. We're all on the dance floor. Let's talk about some Top Toms. We were just talking about the scene where he confronts the bad guys. He's clinging to the ceiling. He's sweating. Is That's that, a Top Tom for sure. Is that your Top Tom? That's one of them. All right, what else you got? Uh, the other one I got is Tom Cruise spontaneously does yes, this about is it. ten backflips yep. at the beginning of the movie when he sees that kid <laughs> yep. street performing. That's my top Tom. I completely forgot that part. Holy crap, he does do the, the backflips, but then it comes back later where he doesn't do the right. backflips. Because mm-hmm. well, he's very sad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Every street dreams. performer knows you can't do backflips sad. Well, he's also like in a tense moment, right? He's trying to figure out a plan. Like he's he's between a rock and a hard place. Oh, I think I think it's a moment where he feels all is lost. Right. His wife was right left. after the, his wife left. Right. Yeah. He he has literally no hope. So Joey, that is your official top tom. That is, yeah. I have other. Well, yeah, I have other moments, but that was the one. Your official. Yeah, and that also goes back to the accuracy of the movie because those backflippers to this day. I mean, that kid was so young. He might still be backflipping in Memphis to this at day. that age. <laughs> at that age, <laughs> it's amazing. But when I live there, those guys—they're constantly on which constantly on, doing backflips on, on Beale Street. Just they're back just out there Beale just doing backflips. Do they call them the you Beale Street? Could, you confirm the accuracy. What's that, Chris? What's that? It sounds like cousin Joey is confirming the accuracy. Oh of yeah, that Memphis phenomenon of there being backflippers on Beale Street. Yes, right. right. My mm-hmm. top toms, I'm going with two because I forgot completely about the backflips, <laughs> which really is the best. I thought when he when he figures out that everything is bugged and he comes into the house and he's like, shh, like, hey, say nothing. Like, I like that scene. That was intense. And then when he finally, at the end, where he confronts the Paul Sorvino and his co- his cohort, the confidence and sort of ease with which he does that I thought was awesome I like that scene a lot 
Yeah, I thought of one more. Okay, but you have no reaction to my awesome top toms. Joey was about to say something great to me. Uh, cousin Joey, if no, you will, that proceed. Is a, that is a great scene, but that's it's so strange to me. I'm trying to figure how old is he supposed to be in this? In the, like he just graduated from Harvard Law School, so he's what, like early twenty six, twenty five, mid twenties. Yeah. Just the confidence with which he does everything in this movie for a 26-year-old is amazing. That's a little something called Tom Cruise. Right. (laughs) I mean, he does those backflips with supreme confidence. That's cool. Well, yeah. uh, Go ahead, Chris. What was yours? What's your your other one, Chris? Well, now I want to keep talking about him confronting the mafia guys. But what if yours has something to do with it? So throw us yours, and we can go back into the pool. All right. Well, this is actually much more closely tied into the Spider-Man moment. When he's swinging from the rafters and trying to kick out that window. Yes. And he's, like, kicking it as hard as he can. And it's just not moving. And you don't know, if, like, is he going to do it or not? Is he going to do it or not? Then they cut away to Wilford Brimley. They cut back in. The window's busted out. Right. But we don't know if he actually got out of the window or not. But you knew, right? Like, I knew the second. I knew knew what was going to happen in that next sequence. I knew the albino guy was going to go in there and that Tom Cruise was going to. I thought he was going to actually confront him. I didn't think he was going to be Spider-Man the whole time. Right. Did he did he drop So when he's up on the ceiling, he dropped or before he went up there, he he had his briefcase with him, right? And he he leaves it on the floor. Briefcase is on the floor. But did he specifically leave it in that spot so that when that bad guy came in, he would have to like stop, pick it up and look like he's Tom Cruise to get shot? No. I would imagine it Sounds like that sounds like classic Cruise strategy to me. I would imagine, though, that in the context of the movie, it was, I got to put this thing down under me, mousetrap style, so that when they go to pick it up, I'll, dr- I'll get the drop on them. Isn't that what Cousin Joey just said? No, Cousin Joey was saying that he wanted the guy to pick up the briefcase so that Wilfred Brimley would think it was Tom Cruise and blow him away with that massive cannon. Oh. <laughs> but I don't think Tom Cruise knew that Brimley was going to be hot on his heels with a massive cannon. Well, who would ever oh, think yeah, he that didn't, Brimley he didn't know would that be Brimley hot on the heels yet. of anybody? I think he knew Brimley was there because he saw, he saw Brimley in the car and then ran into that building. Like oh, Brimley right. saw the albino and said, hey. Right. He's, and, and I'm only calling him the albino because I don't know the character's name, and yeah. they call him that in the movie. I think his name is Jason. Okay, we'll call him Jason from Jason. here on out. Jason, well, but I think we're going to have to call him Jason the albino. No, we're just going to call him Jason. Okay. Why is there another? Well, we Jason don't want to confuse movie? him with uh, no, because with I mean, the I think Jason. if we just if we I think if we say Jason enough, it, we're gonna forget that it's the albino bad guy. No, everybody's gonna know. Okay, all right, Jason. Out of respect for people with with skin conditions, okay. I don't know if people who are pale of skin like to be called albino. Oh, okay. It is a. What ma- about actual albinos? I don't know any. What? I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm worried about causing problems. I'm trying to be respectful. I'm trying to maintain client lawyer confidentiality. Well, I think that's a wise decision. Yeah. Okay, so Jason so he's, so Wilford Brimley sees Jason. Yeah. And tells him, "You go here, I'll take the front." Right. So Tom Cruise doesn't know Jason's coming, but he knows Wilford's. Oh, he knows Jason's on his tail, and now he also knows Brimley's on his tail. Okay. So he so he does know they're both there. But I don't think he knows that 
they're both in the building. I just know he just knows okay. they're being chased. Right. He's yeah. on the run. Mm-hmm. Now speaking of the run, well, okay, so we're top toms. Are we? Are we? Are we clear on top toms? Yeah. Chris, I am. Chris, are wait, you there? Wait, one more thing. Oh, okay, yeah. He drops down. He does the Spider Man. Oh yeah, we're still talking about that. Um, and then does uh Jason? Does he get? Does he get shot? Yeah. Will for Brimley? Yes. yes. Brimley blows Jason okay. out of the water. He sees him through the so door. That's one and man down. It's Tom Cruise. Right. Then Tom Cruise, uh, beats, beats <laughs> Wilford Brimley senseless. Yes. Yeah. To the ground, is he? Does he beat him unconscious or does he kill him? I think he beats him unconscious. Yeah, he, he doesn't kill him. I don't know. Mitch McDear is no murderer. Mm-mm. See, that's the question. It's not. It's not actually clear because Wilford Brimley, he's an old guy. He's got diabetes. Yeah. I don't know if he can handle a beating such as that which was administered. I don't know, man. Mitch. Brimley's tough. Yeah, you're. So you, what you're saying is that the scariest man in the history of <laughs> film can't withstand that beating. I'm not sure. Well, so that's that's the question. So maybe he gets up. Like yeah. Tom Cruise leaves, he thinks he's okay. He could turn around. Wilfred Brimley's behind him. He could. Again. Right. I mean, if, if so Tom that's, Cruise that's kind of like a lingering thing after that, because like. Is Wilford Brimley going to show up when he's talking to the mafioso guys? I think if Maybe. Tom, I think if Tom Cruise took a break and went to a bathroom and washed his face and looked at the mirror, Brimley would have been right behind him. <laughs> right. But since he didn't do that, since he kept running, well, I was on edge because of that for the rest of the film. It's like which you were was about. I think there's what like maybe ten minutes left after that, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And it was like really close to the end. Yeah. That, that scene. Now, Greg. Yeah. Greg, you talked about Tom Cruise running with a perfectly upright posture being very intense. Is this the movie you were referring to, or was there another movie where he also runs? Well, before we talk about that, before we talk about that, let's get out of Top Toms. Please. So the movie you're talking about, Chris, where he runs with a stride that is Olympic in nature, but as we discussed in our very first pilot episode, it was a special version of the Olympics where they were where they were suits. Right. And you would think, oh, this is that movie because he is wearing a suit as he runs around Memphis. But the movie I'm talking about is Collateral. Okay, so in the firm, he's just he's merely training for a special version of the Olympics. I suppose that's <laughs> true. I mean, there's two. There's two key moments, like the first run when he's running after his wife. Mm-hmm. He's got a look on his face of of such strain and intensity that yeah, that looks like a training run for yeah. sure. Like he's pushing himself to the max. When he's running around Mud Island, he seems a lot more together, but he does have that briefcase. So maybe that was also part of the training. It's like you can run in a suit, but can you run in a suit with a briefcase? <laughs> now, in Collateral, does he again play a lawyer? No, in Collateral, he plays a murderous hitman. Oh. Well, well I think... in, uh, in The Firm, The Firm is the second lawyer movie of two in a row. Right. Yeah, he plays a, he plays a JAG officer. Oh, in, uh, in, in, a, in... Yeah, and you can't handle the truth. Right. This is also... <laughs> like, 
<laughs> he plays a jag off. <laughs> I don't think we got to say that at all in the last episode, so I'm no, glad. <laughs> I'm glad you gave me that opportunity. But he was a lawyer. Yeah, he was a lawyer. And I understand that in in A Few Good Men, he was hoping that he was going to have a lot more scenes where he's running. Yeah, he, he did, said, he, well, did I'm he a run? lawyer. What, what, yeah. what, why wouldn't I be running more? And so then he took this second movie where he he could finally run like a real lawyer does. Yeah. He I also, think... if I'm not mistaken, does remove his shirt in this movie, according to our shirt removal index. Which scene is, is that? that? I'm trying to remember. Is the scene, scene on the beach? I think it's the scene on the beach. It might. I don't. Did I, he? I mean, there are definitely pictures of him. Brimley says, we wouldn't want to show these pictures to your lovely wife. That scene is my favorite Wilford Brimley <laughs> scene, by the way. Oh, man, I wish we had some fill-it-to-the-brims theme music. <laughs> well, that scene might have been actually the what precipitated Quaker State Oatmeal getting rid of him. Yeah, when he starts talking about oral. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, they probably and didn't want that. Anyway, he I think his shirt is off in that sequence. I don't remember he that. Got himself, that sequence was Greg, so quick. If I may. Yes, by all means. Tom Cruise got himself into really good shape for this film. I think you're right. I mean, compared to all his other films, like you'd expect him to look like a giant fat slob, but instead he got himself fit. He's training for that special version of the Olympics. Right. He's wearing a suit like a gentleman. They Well, they make it clear pretty much as soon as this movie starts how his athletic prowess is pretty high he's playing basketball like right off the bat that's true <laughs> like with a bunch of old men and he's obviously the best one out there yeah no look there's no argument that he is fit tom cruise is fit and he gets in shape for this movie in an unprecedented way yeah <laughs> agreed just those back flips alone yeah i can't do that i can't no, do a front I... flip I don't, I've never met a person who sees someone doing backflips and immediately their first reaction is backflip. Here's a question for you, doing Joey. Backflip. Yes. How many backflips can you do? Zero. Chris, how many backflips can you do? Well, you know what? <laughs> I was going to say zero. But now when I think about it, like I think I, I used to do them with uh, the aid of giant cushiony mats in the gym in the in the gymnasium. Okay. Also, are those technically backflips? Are they like it's, because isn't a backflip where you flip backwards and land on your feet without your hand? No. Yeah, technically they'd be back. What Tom Cruise is doing were were back handsprings. Okay, or backward somersaults, I guess. Right, that's what. I was, no, okay. back handsprings because he's springing off somersaults. His hands. Are you kidding me? Somersaults? <laughs> what is this? Kindergarten? <laughs> Wait. Okay, so which one's a somersault? Somersault. <laughs> <laughs> it's what, it's like, like when you like roll forward on your by head accident. Wait, what? Who does by accident? A three-year-old, <laughs> like struggling to get to their feet. They fall, they tumble over, back, backwards. That's a somersault, where you're like, your body is touching the floor the whole time, <laughs> not just hands and feet. What's the one that? There's Chris, no risk involved in a somersault. Is what you're saying? What's the thing, Chris? Zero. What's the thing, Chris Farley used to do? And you'd be like, how does he do it? That's a cartwheel. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a cartwheel. cartwheel. I can't do those either. I could probably do one. You could do a cartwheel? I think I could. Cartwheel is on my list of things that I wish I could just do without having to practice. Cartwheel I and think skateboarding. Most people can do a cartwheel badly. 
Oh, like where their legs don't lift off the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know what qual- I don't know how high your feet have to get to qualify. I think they have to go over your butt. I think if you just get it, I think if you just you can do that, just, even if you do it bad, if you just do sad. it. I think to do a proper cartwheel, your feet have to be above your hips, like straight up in the air, just above your hips, period, straight up in the air, even better. Right, that's a pro. That's cartwheel. pro level cartwheel. Yeah. That means you're ready for the special cartwheel Olympics. Special version of the Olymp- cartwheel Olympics? The special version of the yeah. cartwheel Olympics. Yeah, well, maybe. I if think the Olympic I think the Olympic cartwheel is a special event in the Olympics. That's possible. Part of the floor exercises or its own thing? Like its own thing. I think you might be you right. Know, there's the pommel horse, there's the uneven bars, there's the vault, and there's the cartwheel. There's cartwheels. cartwheels. <laughs> Yeah, and they measure like how far between your hips and your feet, how much distance in the air you achieve with your cartwheel. Well, what they right. they measure what they do is they measure how many degrees short of uh, ninety you might tip one way or the other. Right. To to the ground. Kind of like when uh, Olympic divers, they when you know you got to have that perfect ninety degree entrance into the water so you don't make a splash. Right. Right. No splash. Splash-free zone. With the, the cartwheel, what they do is they have you do – you administer the cartwheel in a hallway, and each <laughs> round they they close the walls, like, even closer together to see, like, how tight can those walls be without you touching them as you cartwheel through. I actually now want to see this event, but the walls yeah, have to be, that would be plexiglass so you can still see the cartwheel happen, like an ant yeah. farm. Of course, of course they're plexiglass, <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, a, it's like a giant ant farm. And there, there's bleachers on either side of the of these. Yeah, and those get closer too. <laughs> so the fans are on top of you. They're on it. Yeah, they're yeah. right there. They're with you. So where does the where do the judges stand? As on the, either end, and they're watching through yeah. a monitor. The judges stand on either end, but then it was I think the 1984 Olympics when they began using the sensors like in the in the walls themselves. Right. So that it was like it no longer became like a question of judgment. It was just. Science. If you touch the wall, then the, the you know, they can record it. Yeah, it uh, became a science equation. Right. One could argue that that method was firmer than observation. Get it? Firmer? That's the name of the movie. Bingo. Which they say a lot in the movie. The firm. Well, yeah, they work for the firm. Right. But is that a common thing in movies to blatantly say the name of the movie all the time? Like well, they say the f- not like they're not like the law firm or the name of the firm all the time. They they say the firm a lot. Right. I'm just saying it's I, well, like in risky business, they keep saying like we're getting into some risky business. Yeah, I, I just no, no. I just when I was watching the movie it was one. I was thinking about that. Is that common to repeat the name of the certain uh, movies? Star yeah. Wars does it a lot. <laughs> it's like, oh man, these Star Wars are driving me yeah, crazy. I can't take these Star Wars. Yeah. Chris, you got another example where they say the name of the movie a lot in the movie? Yeah, well, um, in A Few Good Men. Yeah. Like, it was like every other scene. It's like, we need, these are a few good men we're defending, <laughs> and we have to save their reputations. Yeah. I guess I never realized, now thinking back on it, it's, it's, it is a lot of movies. Yeah, like in The Three Amigos. They're like, yeah. we're Three Amigos. We're Three Amigos. We're the it's... Three Amigos. They say it over and over. Mm-hmm. They constantly, it's. And it's even more. I think it's even more apparent in Anchorman. In, no, in Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> well, yeah, like in Tom Mission, movies, like sure. in Mission Impossible. I mean, this. How often does he talk about this mission? 
impossible. Well, he doesn't even say is. He just says, like, this mission. Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Or or in the movie Legend, I mean, that's the name of the guy. So they're always saying, Legend, this way, (laughs) now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's almost like a plague. Not just Tom Cruise movies, just movies in general. It really gets annoying well, when there's I'm a subtitle. I'm to stick to Tom Cruise movies because I'm staying on topic. I know, but like, like for example, in City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold, <laughs> the fact that they keep saying that over and over again, I think that's what makes sequels worse than the originals is they keep like... Well, because it, cause they go back to the same ranch and then everybody says, hey, welcome back. It's the City Slickers 2. <laughs> The Legend of Curly's Gold. Curly's Gold is what we're talking about this time. Check out this map. It just seems clunky, really. Well, but then there's the case of it where it helps movies, like Vampire in Brooklyn. The only good thing about it is that they keep on saying Vampire. Otherwise, you wouldn't know where he was. Right. Yeah. You're just trying to figure out what's going on in that movie the whole time, (laughs) and there's Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. So now you still you you actually Eddie Murphy because the thing is Eddie Murphy likes to play lots of different characters in his films. Right, right, right. He's he's like uh, he he pretends to be this Italian guy at some point in Vampire in Brooklyn, but then <laughs> usually, when you, but the, so like he he gets into all these wacky situations and then he like, you know, he goes he goes he's unconscious, then he wakes up and then he says, "Excuse me, sir, what borough am I in? <laughs> and what am I?" And he says, "You're <laughs> and, a vampire." And what in kind Brooklyn. of creature of the night would you describe me as? That's right. Just a vampire in Brooklyn. Now listen, but can you imagine if that movie didn't say the title all the time? Where it probably it probably wouldn't have released. Now hold on. I feel like if we, the next movie on our list is Interview with the Vampire, and I feel like if we keep talking about vampires, we're gonna have nothing to talk about on the next show. I know, that's true because we so often we exhaust topics of discussion, <laughs> and since this show is about. Tom Cruise, we really shouldn't be talking about Eddie Murphy so much. So what I'd like to do now is I would like to invoke co-host rule and say it's time for cruise control. Ooh. This is a story about control. Cruise. And this time I'm going to do it my way. Cruise control, as we know, is the segment on the show where we are in control of the movie. And we say what we would change about this film. Since Joey started our round robin, and Chris, I believe you started our top toms, I'm going to get into what I would change first. Is everybody okay with that? Agreed. I'm okay with it. All right. I would change two things, and they're sort of related. First of all, that scene where he has sex on the beach is terrible. (laughs) Yes. That scene is a disaster. But is that because we see Tom shirtless and we don't see his partner shirtless? It's not even that. Just the whole thing just is happens out of nowhere and it's terrible. But the thing that I would change about this movie is I would either. Oh, but Greg, it doesn't happen out of nowhere. Yeah. I would either change the actress who plays his wife to somebody who could do a better job. Or I would write a better part for that character because that was terrible. And I'm specifically talking about the scene where Tom Cruise doesn't tell her that he had that he slept with this woman, but she figures it out based on the look on his well, face. Mental telepathy. That scene is so bad, it's an embarrassment to everybody in the movie. Who's with me? Who's coming I, I, with me? <laughs> well, 
I thought it was an excellent scene because it demonstrated that he had superpowers. <laughs> if he had those superpowers, why didn't he just tell the FBI guy, hey, here's what I'm working on? Hey, Paul Sorvino. Because they, they weren't he wasn't married to the FBI guy long enough. Oh, it's only you gotta be married. Develop developed a psychic repertoire. Yeah, repertoire. Rap, rapport. I agree with you on on Gene Triplehorn. Yeah, she I was, wasn't great I, in the scenes with Hackman. I don't think she she's was nominated great in anything. An like, I'm not a fan. I'm I'm just I mean, I guess I'm just not a Wait, fan, but she was nominated for an Oscar in what capacity, Chris? Big love? Uh, I'm gonna have to assume uh supporting actress. For this what, movie? Because did she write the screenplay? <laughs> yeah, I think she did. <laughs> That's why her lines are so good. Wait, she was nominated for this movie? Of course she was. Holly Hunter is on screen no. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Holly Hunter. I got Holly Hunter mixed up. She was great. Holly Hunter is awesome in everything. Holly Hunter is, is top form all the time. I got Holly Hunter mi- mixed up with Gene Triplehorn. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, you know yeah, what, Chris? There is no issues with Holly Hunter. Chris, you're under the weather. Gene Triplehorn was not nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> no, she wasn't. <laughs> Good. Holly Hunter was nominated for an Oscar. Which is odd, but sure, why not? For which movie? For this movie. For this movie? Yeah. Well, it doesn't, like here, it doesn't say here in my notes. No, it's just movie. She'd been nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Right. Because she talks like this. Right. Yeah. She's great. Holly Hunter's great. She was, Let me hear that impression great. again, because I thought she was in the room with you. Hey, Chris, this is Holly Hunter. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Holly, it's good to see you. It's nice to see you, too. I gotta go. <laughs> Uh, Bye. She just left. Just as quick as she came. Did you get an autograph? No. That was my next question. And then she ran. Yeah. She ran out. Like she didn't even walk. Yeah. Did she get anything? Is it possible she might come back for a second? I don't think so. No. She knew we were talking about the firm, and she ran. Yeah. She's like, I didn't win that Oscar. I'm out of (laughs) here. That wasn't her. That was me doing an impression. That was Greg's impression. I think. It's hard to tell the difference. But at least I visited New York and I saw a celebrity. That's great. I'm, I'm excited. It's That's been exactly all worth it. Right. All right. What are your guys' cruise controls? Let's get to it. We that was going to be that was one of mine. All right. You have um, another one. Uh, yeah. I just the movie is so exhaustingly long <laughs> that that's not what I would change. But it. I mean, you could change it. But after he gets hired, after he gets hired, like. Everything, like, the day he starts, everything starts going haywire. Yeah. That would have taken some time for him, like, to develop. So you want the movie to be longer. No, I, w- <laughs> I would have taken some other stuff out and taken some time to, <laughs> to develop him in the law firm before he just immediately realizes that everything they're doing is illegal and he needs out. Like, he was there for a day. Yeah. And man. now he's out. And then Ed Harris sees him in that diner. He's right. like, hey, how about it? Yeah. I, I mean, I would have changed that. Okay. Chris, you're in cruise control. All right. Well, I think uh, if in uh, uh, for Mitch McDeer, really everything went wrong um, from the minute he said yes to that job. <laughs> right. Well, so I would have just had him turn down the job. <laughs> it's not like he didn't have any other offers. It's a yeah, fair, but that was, you know, but, that's a fair point. He had a lot of other offers, but they did offer him that Mercedes. And 20% more than any other offer. That's right. Because they knew all the offers. No, but yeah, Chris, but like, that's, you make a good point that if he, if he did not take that job, if he took a job elsewhere, 
could have avoided the whole mess altogether. Okay. So where would you have him go? Well, I was going to say, what movie would he be in otherwise? <laughs> what other movies are there about lawyers that he could have been in? Well, he could have stayed a in men. a few good men. Right. He could have gone to the Navy, although he might as, have been a bit old for that. As the JAG. As the JAG officer? As the JAG officer. <laughs> other right. lawyer movies around that time that he could no, have no, been in? No, no. In general. Just in general. He's graduating law school. Right. Harvard Law mm-hmm. in 1992. A Time to Kill. So another Grisham. You just put him in another Grisham. Yeah. You slot him in. And he'd be yeah. in the client. He'd be Susan Sarandon in the client. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I'm trying to think of other lawyer movies. I got one. Okay. Episode one, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Interesting. So he'd be a lawyer in that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought maybe he would play Denzel Washington's part in Philadelphia. You know, move from Boston to Philadelphia, become that lawyer. Defend AIDS that, against that persecution. That was a lawyer movie. Yeah, it was a lawyer movie. I know. I know lawyer movies. I ain't stupid. Yeah. Well, then it would have been. It would have been. It would have been a two Tom show. Oh wait, I just came up yeah. with. I just came up with it, guys. Tom Cruise, Mitch McDeer, changes his name to Vinny. Takes on this case, <laughs> also in the South, to defend his nephew in My Cousin Vinny, starring Tom Cruise. That's right. <laughs> that, well, you win. I, I, yes, that, that is another way he could have avoided the whole mess of the firm. Right. right. I mean, that's what we're trying to figure out, right? Like, how do you have, how, how, how? We, he could have avoided that mess and gone into another mess in Devil's Advocate. Yes. Next to Al Pacino. <laughs> that's right. The Keanu instead, of, instead of Keanu. I mean, basically, if you're a lawyer in a movie, it's going to be a mess. Right. Why would there be a lawyer, a movie about a lawyer if there wasn't a mess for him to clean up? Yeah. These are all fair points. But, Chris, your cruise control is duly noted. Let's get out of cruise control. All right. We're out. Well, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Look, you know, we take these trips. As we're cruising, you get off an exit. Right. That exit was cruise control. Now we're back on the road. Is Holly Hunter the first celebrity guest you've ever had on this show? That's a good question. Well, I, I think mean, she is. I'm trying to remember. Unless you count Cousin Mike. Well, Cousin Mike was certainly celebrated. For sure. Yeah, he's since he has since his appearance enjoyed a certain level of celebrity yeah, as yeah, a his, result of his appearance. I, I, I got to say, his introduction for this episode was great. <laughs> oh, you didn't like your introduction? Oh, no, mine was good, but his was... I mean, it, it's... It's hard to live up it's to part his introduction. It's part and parcel. Right. What will be exciting is if we ever get Cousin Mike and Cousin Joey's dad on this show, hey. which is not impossible. Well, it, yeah, it's not. We won't, we won't say too much, but if that happens, I think that would be a very special episode. That might be a special version of Cruising Together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might... <laughs> Well, I'm la- laughing thinking about it. Yeah. It, it would it would be the most listened to for sure by three people. Yeah. By people in our family. No, it would it would I mean there would be a groundswell, I it think. It seems like though that would be stacking the deck and at some point we'd have to get somebody in Chris's family on this show. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. We'll see you all again. Sleep tight. <laughs>